Uh, check it. Hope knocking at my door, faith let him in. Let him love in. sitting right beside me. I should make him friends. They all left me when they see I hit rock bottom. A lot of niggas ain't eating, but is it my problem? <laughs> hey guys, I am back with Brian Moreno. This is round two for your podcast. He's a comedian here in Los Angeles. You can talk. You don't have to wait for me to do anything. Okay. I just yeah. I don't want to step on anyone's house. Hello, everyone. They won't respond back. Well, I, I, I did understand that much, yeah. but um, it's a pleasure yes, to be back. Yes, thank you for coming back. Um, last time we recorded, we did it at the Improv. Yes. And now we're at the Laugh Factory. Mm -hmm. I always get the Laugh Factory and the Comedy Store confused. Well, I think because I've never been to the Comedy Store. Oh, really? We'll yeah. do it the next time. That'll be where we go. Okay. But the Comedy Store is... It's packed all the time now. It's going through a good phase, but it's more dingy. Like, you would bring a prostitute to the comedy store. Got it. And it'd be totally fine. Okay, got it. Like Who normal? but, it, like, uh, are the lineups the same? <laughs> well, this is L.A. You can see Dane Cook or Joe Rogan almost any night of the week. But True. there are certain comedians that won't play clubs. Like, I don't get as much love at the comedy store. Really? And that's for various reasons. Because the comedy store, their lineups, the way they are, they're really top-heavy, like, the who's who goes to the comedy store, but that's not how it always used to be. Got it. And right now, like where I am in comedy, I'm of I'm still a nobody, but like I'm the biggest nobody. Of all the right. nobodies, I'm in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, right. So I there's no room for a guy like me yet at the comedy store. I need to book a feature film or have gotcha. a major special. Get but movies. is it where those people go to like work stuff out for their acts? Or Sometimes. Well, Kevin Hart on Sunday nights in the main room, he just did two shows where it's just all working material. When Louis C.K.'s in town, he'll mm -hmm. do a show in the main room. But, you know, uh, guys like that, they can work stuff out anywhere. Right. And it, like me, if I do those stages, I have to give my A+. Plus. All, right. You know, they don't want to be seeing me work out some shit. Yeah, true. How do you determine the crowd? Um, well that always throws me off. Like when I've seen, because like I've seen behind the scenes where you and another comedian or something will, or comic or whatever will talk about, ooh, tough room or whatever. Well, every crowd is different. I don't like to blame crowds personally just because... I believe it's the comedian's responsibility to adapt and adjust. And every crowd is different. Right. Some are harder, some are easier. But I say this all the time. When I started comedy, the first time I did an open mic, there were two homeless guys in the audience. <laughs> and I think they were just there to stay warm. Like, I don't know if they spoke English. I, I don't know if they even knew. <laughs> I did an open mic one time at the VA. I mean, it was a show, oh, I guess. okay. It was a kind of where they're like, oh, come in for the vets and... But it's like, they're just work material. It's okay. I'm there on stage, and like three guys walk in. They're like, oh, is this the AA meeting? Oh. And I'm like, no, it's a comedy show. He's like, oh, that's fine. And they just sit down. So it's like every audience is very yeah. different. You know? What is, what's your favorite kind of audience to perform in front of? Well, that depends. Because I, I do a show. Your sister's been in Culver City. It's called Carbon. You know, okay, it's a yeah. tiny little bar. I'm dying to go to this. And this is one of my favorite places because it's a bar where people go to die. Like, <laughs> people don't, you're not going there for a good time, especially right. when I, at the hours that I perform there. Which and is what, like 
between seven? no 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 between nine and ten. Oh okay. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? It's yeah. not like if you're there drinking at that bar between nine and ten, <laughs> your life is really not. Things aren't well that day. Yeah. Things aren't going good. <laughs> you like you didn't win anything that day. Right. Right. Totally. Today's not a win. And um, in the of the bar. Oh, at Carbon. No, there's not only no light in the in the women's bathroom. I feel like people have actually gone into the bathroom and never come back out. Like, <laughs> so they might still be like there. Like there might be a trap door too. I okay. Yeah, got it's it. Bad. It's bad. Whatever she's trying to confirm. It's yeah. She, she's even being nice. I assure I you. I love that though. Yeah. I, like I want to experience it. It's a bar that looks like sex crimes happen there. You know, oh I'm, yeah, and it's not a knock on the bar. It's like you bring know, your rape whistle. Sex crimes have to happen somewhere. Right. You know, it's <laughs> like I, I don't blame the bar. It's, just <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it always can't be in the back of a minivan. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So I know so that's we your favorite spot. That well, no, no. Oh, uh, back to the point, and I knew there was a point. Yeah. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me. But an audience like those audiences. Because sometimes I'll perform for two people. Sometimes it'll be 40 people. But those audiences taught me to be real, to cut the bullshit. Right. And my favorite kind of audiences are the people who make you work but give it back to you once you mm -hmm. get there. And a place like that, you'll work really, really hard. It will be – there are comedians who never come back after they do it one time. They're like, gotcha. I, I j I'm just not made to – my mm -hmm. comedy is not made for this place. Right. But for me, it's, it's a place of peace. And quiet. Yeah. And I, I tell jokes behind a bar next to a bartender. I plug in a microphone to a DJ booth. <laughs> all the light, there's no white light in the whole building. It's all red light. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is a sex crimes place. Totally. Like vampires, sex crimes, something like not normal. Right. Whatever. We got to go there. Totally. Not and for the sex crimes, strictly for the dive bar status. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to try to commit a sex crime on you. You'd fuck a dude up. But that's... <laughs> That's some Annie Wilk unedited <laughs> right there. If you guys don't know this by now, you should. Annie will knock I, a mofo out. <laughs> I'm glad that's the vibe that I give off. I actually really am. Yeah. And I think I'm at this point, I'm too big to be kidnapped. Like, it would be hard. No, but, like, I'm taller than most guys in L.A. Well, I don't know if you exude, like, a high ransom. You know what I'm saying? I feel like different I don't know if I should be insulted by that or No, no, no. I feel like because it's like okay, hypothetically speaking, you did get kidnapped, they call your parents, your parents are like, nah, Annie will be fine. She'll yeah. get out of there. She'll she'll be fine. That's she'll true. she'll do good. She'll that be, actually yeah. might be that might be yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give give point. her give them a week and right. we'll see what they say then. Call us again in eight right? days. Now your sister on the other hand, oh my God. That's the police, true. Police, the FBI, buy that lottery is a tickets, good point. whatever. <laughs> It, it is true, though. We know it's so true. So don't be offended. I'm just saying. No. Yeah. That, now that you've explained it, I take it as a compliment. Before, I was like, hmm. No, no give her a minute. Give uh, her a minute. Yeah. I, she'll, she'll, get out of her, she'll get out of it herself. No big She's deal. She's resourceful. And I she'll know your fine. mom listens, so I hope she, she, does. I hope she agrees. Yeah. <laughs> she probably she would, agrees. especially on the Emily comparison. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I went to college, mom was like, you know, I wasn't worried about you going to college. Now, Emily, on the other hand... I was a little worried about her going off to college. Sure. I would be worried about Emily in college now. Like, if she went to just go visit a college Why? or something. Just because. Maybe if you had one of the, You know how parents put leashes around their kids and, like, hold... <laughs> get back over... No. Seriously? I need, we need to put a leash on you now, still. 
It's so true. You know why I also like your mom, speaking of your mom, is because when I first met her, she was like, oh, oh I... you did meet mom I, and dad. Yeah. I was like, what? At you, first, I was like, what? But it was a show. show. Yes, yeah. and she was like, I uh, listened to the podcast with you, and two minutes in, I was like, I like this yeah. guy. And I'm like, you and I will always have that in common. Like, you and I will always agree on that. Like, totally. That's yeah, a good starting she loved, point, Mom. She loved that episode. Well, yeah. understandably so. Yeah. I don't... Well, that one was... Because you told the story about your, you remember that what we talked about? I mean, I talked. Well, you a told lot, the story about your ex girlfriend <laughs> that was like a princess. Of, sure. And so that was hilarious. I mean, I was cr- I was not even hosting a podcast. I was sitting in the background laughing. I as still you don't just even like know how to spoke. tell that on stage. I, I will eventually, but Go I don't know. Go back and listen to how you told it on the first podcast. And I if you guys are new to the podcast and you haven't listened to his first episode, you really have to go and check it out because I'm just in tears the whole time laughing. And you guys should understand, the people who are listening, like we are upstairs at the Laugh Factory right yeah. now. I'm about to perform at the, on the 8 o'clock show. It's like 7.30 right now. Yeah. And Annie and her sister and all of her family – in fact, are very big comedy fans, and they love, love comedy. Yeah, they love the scene, and I'm not only appreciative of what they do, uh-huh. like they totally, they're stoked to come out, and they're very supportive. So, seriously, you yeah. guys who are listening know that these are awesome people, and back, Thank you. keep listening. She's Thank you. awesome. Oh, thanks for the shout out. I appreciate that. Um, speaking of being fans of comedy, I remember when I was got in. I might have been in high school, maybe a little older, but we were in Omaha and I was, oh, I was in college because I was selling advertising and I went to the Funny Bone in Omaha because are there Funny Bones all across the country? Yeah, I, I think they're individually, uh, yeah, there are Funny Bones all over the country. But it's like a franchise. Yes, yes. Okay, like the improv. Yes. Okay. And I sold an ad to the Funny Bone and the owner, the manager was like, here's some free tickets. We have some new kid coming and doing a set tonight like if you want to come here bring some people so i told my mom i was like got these free tickets you want to go and it was kevin hart like when he was like a nobody was it still the same kevin hart that you see now is he the same um his comedy was like his stand-up yeah was very similar is it that's yeah so, curious. so because and so we looked up like the schedule and we saw that, that it was him and I was like, well, I don't know anything about him, do you? And we looked up some of his stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And it was when, I'm trying to think which stand-up tour it was. Because he ended up doing, like, an hour special. Like so a he had already special. done a tour. He'd well, I think he was, like, because it wasn't all the same. But he was using, like, yeah. a lot of the stuff that he used. And yeah. <sighs> maybe the laugh at my pain stuff. What's wrong? Um, no, I was going to tell Emily. If you want to drink, you can go downstairs. The bartender should be right there and order something. You just Ye- look like you need a drink. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're less antsy in the pantsy. And for those people listening, wondering what's going on, we're literally in the upstairs lounge, and uh, her sister Emily is walking around fiending for a cocktail, like <laughs> as similar to what a heroin addict <laughs> she's would, shaking <laughs> would do. And she's itching. Like 20, 24 hours out. I'll... I'll um, I'll be good, right? I, I'll have something. Just get me something. A, a, yeah, that's fine. A beer. I'll get you guys around in a minute because I have to go down a to. Beer? Yeah, beer, whatever. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Anything, last whatever. time, last whatever. time he drank Tito's on the rocks. Sure. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. I drink Tito's on the rocks for Can those I get of you. Props for totally knowing that. All of the Wilkinsons are super <laughs> dope. Yeah, you can go downstairs and tell them you're up here, and and uh, you can tell a waiter. 
in that dress, they're going to serve you. And this, do- <laughs> and this does make for excellent podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. Those who are listening, this I can assure you, this is probably the fav- your favorite part of the episode. I, <laughs> I can we just, tell you. We're just, whatever, bullshit. Um, Annie Wilk unedited. What That's what you get. About? You saw the Kevin Hart special. He was oh, doing yeah. this hour So, tour. but we had no idea. Like, it was before he blew up. And then right shortly after that, like, within the year, I think he released The Laugh at My Pain. Awesome. awesome. But that was cool. That was, like, I think, and we had gone to odds and end shows before that. But that, well, this one time when I was in high school, I wanted to buy Cat Williams tickets for yeah. me and my brother to go. Yeah. But it was when my brother was turning, like, 13. And yeah. my parents were like, you are not taking our 13-year-old son to go see Cat Williams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been. An experience. Totally. You I also never, bought him. changed his life. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. I bought him a 50-cent CD, too. Yeah. And they made me return it. No way. <laughs> Which 50 Cent CD? The oh, first God, one? I don't remember. But I just remember them being like, because we were very, like, we we're born and raised in Nebraska. So it's like, like, we weren't allowed to watch PG-13 movies until we were 13. What was the first R-rated movie that you watched that was like, you weren't supposed to watch it, but it was, you were watching it? Oh, R-rated? I don't even know. What but I movie? remember sneaking to watch Titanic. That was and your I sneak? Felt, and I felt so guilty that I... Because I watched it at a friend's house, and I felt so guilty that I told my parents. Wow, that's probably the least gangster thing <laughs> I've ever heard a child doing. Like I've. We'll see. We'll t- we should ask Em that question because I was the angel child. You're, like I again, never again, mom. I think she's saying this to you. I don't know if this was. No, really she would tell truth. you if you go back and listen to the podcast with my mom. My mom will say like, "Yeah, probably you were the most well behaved." Really? Yeah. Wow. That, so really they might not you? even believe it if you got kidnapped. They'll be like, no, she didn't. No. She's too, <laughs> she yeah, she's too aware. Yeah, she's too happen. aware of kidnappers. There's no way she put herself no, in that. No, that's so true. That's place. exactly what it would This be is like. a prank caller. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> who? Jason? Yeah. Jason, who is this? Seriously. <laughs> oh, they would have, yeah, that would be like, but Emily. I assume you know probably. a Jason, right? I assume. You seem like you would know a Jason. I don't, I don't think I do know a Jason. Fuck, man. I tried. I, I know. I was throwing darts. I, <laughs> I, was throwing I mean, that was like a pretty safe bet. Everybody knows a Jason. <sighs> okay, Emily. Emily, what was um, your... Okay, you guys weren't allowed to see PG-13 movies till late, correct? Till we were 13. So what was yeah. the first movie that you saw illegally? Like, without telling mom and dad. Yeah, like we snuck obviously, in. that you snuck. It could have even been a VHS. Could have been at the homie's crib. Um, and then we'll tell you I what I said. Be- I remember Titanic. Oh, my <laughs> God. She said, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't hear this, she said, her sister no, said Titanic no also. Way. I said that was not only the least <laughs> gangster thing I've ever heard a child doing. For you to back up and be like, yeah, it was Titanic. Like, I don't even think that was PG-13. No, no, it was. It was. Because of the sex mom scene. Let us, mom just let us watch it and skip the sex scene. But there was a sex scene Yeah, in remember in the car with the hand? Yeah, like, she was literally just, like, I vaguely. That and she posed nude. She saw her boobs. So it ha- and her vagine. You saw vagine in Titanic? Like, like and it was pe- part. Now, again, I probably only saw Titanic one time. It was not that big of a deal in my life as it was to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you back. I, I can't that believe that. That was amazing. That. We could not have planned that. No, but sneaking something. I remember uh, mom and dad had MTV in their room, and we were not allowed to watch MTV. We never had 
sure. I didn't, I agree. I agree with you on that, Mom. Yeah. No MTV. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember when they would we sneak were real in world. middle they school. Like Mom's going to be pissed. Well, wow. I remember sneaking downstairs to watch Laguna Beach with you. I would say all of you guys have come a long way, <laughs> right? I would think of how far you've all come. Mom, Dad, Just and the children yeah. have Just a have little evolved. sheltered, yeah. Wow, and now her son raps about smoking weed like unbelievable how far <laughs> i give props to all of you yeah, seriously one of you sh- the odds are one of you should be a murderer right by the way you you're <laughs> i know and you're yeah, not yeah one of us you would think would be like in a religious studies program or something well, yeah or like the leader of the religious yeah. studies program i don't yeah. i don't take for you guys to be the follower you guys would lead a cult that's true you guys <laughs> start Such a compound a start a compound the wilkinsons yeah. totally we still might I would say your older brother, if anyone. Ben? Yeah, totally. He you, could. You know Ben the least, though, because. No, but he looks like he could get some motherfuckers to. To follow him? <laughs> to follow him to a cult. That's true. And to the fires of hell. <laughs> right? He's got that Thor look going on, That's right? That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. Everybody he works with calls him Thor. Yeah, if he carried on a hammer. If he, he also, carried on a hammer, it wouldn't be too He also str- looks like the, the real life version of the animated John Smith from Pocahontas. <laughs> Again, uh, my mom yeah. wouldn't let me watch Pocahontas because of the <laughs> sex scene. <laughs> you guys don't remember that scene? They probably skipped over it when you guys were watching it. Probably. <laughs> yeah, we had to. It was. Yeah, it Pocahontas. Time. Yeah, she gave it to that dude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember? She did bathe naked in the river. God, again, I don't know how you <laughs> but remember it's not, any I mean, but it's things. a cartoon. So, well, I just recently watched Pocahontas because it came on Hulu. Do you guys like m- movies? Do you guys see movies? It depends. I haven't really either. Ben sees a ton of movies. My boyfriend sees every movie. Okay. Now, for people who don't really... Okay, now that movie, that King Arthur movie that just came out. Yes. It's going to be an, um, one of the biggest bonds. Like, there's no way they're going to recoup half the money. No, because they, they, sp- they spent, like, what, $130 million? Well, I think 140 but that doesn't even include marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's upwards of 200 They'll never admit. I mean, they'll eventually write no. it off years down the road. But, do you, okay, that Charlie Hunnam guy, he was awesome on Sons of Anarchy, and this is his first film. Is he a movie star? Is he just a TV star? Because I see him, and I'm like, I don't believe him as king. When I see the previews, I'm like, I don't even believe that's king. Yeah. Like, I don't no, even believe the previews. Point. If I don't believe the previews, then how the fuck? Put yeah. Tom Cruise in that role. I'm more likely to believe he's no, king that Arthur is a than really Charlie Hunnam. Well, Charlie Hunnam was supposed to be Christian Grey in Fifty Shades and he of Grey. Pa- yeah, and he bailed on that. Yeah, because he thought it would, like, classify him a certain way. So then taking a movie that bombs. Like, bombs hard. Like yeah, real hard. I think they made what fourteen million the first weekend. Yeah, I think nine people saw it at one theater here in LA, like one yeah. night. Right? Yeah. How they got it got leaked. Did it get leaked? Is it out? Well, I heard they were holding yeah, it. it yeah, they were holding it ransom. S- uh, like slowly releasing longer and longer clips. Because until I know they pe- pay I them. know people who are. Yeah. yeah, who are real deep on these tour websites, and they get everything bootlegged, and they're like, the whole thing isn't yeah. out yet, but they're they're pressing refresh every 15 minutes to see if it is. Oh, I'm sure. Well, just because they feel like it'll only be up for a little while. Well, Pirates of the Caribbean, like that franchise, they're my favorite movies. Really? Yeah. Of the franchises? Maybe ever. <laughs> really? I, l- I, I liked the Harry Potter books, but that's kind of like my vibe. Like, I like 
Sure. Like I could see you going to Hogwarts. You would definitely not start a cult, but you could definitely oh, jam yeah. at Hogwarts. Oh, you would. Oh, yeah. you'd mess a bitch up with yeah. a staff, right? Fuck that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say a spell, but then it would be real nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so no, but fun. I've never been to Harry Potter World or anything. Really? No, and I need to go. This I wanted is what to go you for get, my birthday. Annie Wilk unedited. This I know. is what you this get. This is never. all. I feel like you're interviewing me. You're, I'm giving up more information about myself than I have ever on an episode. Well, that's good though, because if and th for those of you who are listening, um, I'm an LA comedian based in LA, and these um, ladies met me with their family at a show that they film for um, Vanderpump, Van Rules. Vanderpump Rules. They. You know, I made it on that show. Did you? Yeah. I don't know what that means. On the cut when they cut it? I didn't watch it just because they cut mine out. Yeah, no, I made it. It was just a little, I have a screenshot of it. But I'm I sure crushed so hard that night because everyone was bombing. And I'm like, uh, and I, oh. I am always hilarious, okay? She said I was hilarious in past tense, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, we oh. had like tears coming yeah. down. Okay, but let me explain this to you. Yeah. And all of you, I. I I host my shows, and I'm known in L.A. as a great host because I was the MC of the House of Blues. That's how I got my start. Right. Performing in front of 1,200 people who wanted me to die. Just get the fucking music. Just put the music on. Right. Sometimes <laughs> they would bring me out. They'll be like, okay, the band that these 900 people paid for isn't going to show up. So you got to let them know that they're going to get to see another band, but they're not going to get refunded. Oh, and do 10 minutes of jokes. Here's 50 bucks, kid. And I would have to go out there, and people would be like, boo, like with all their <laughs> might. And you would learn to just talk to the one or two people who are listening, and then you'd yeah. calm them down. And I would always make these jokes, well, I don't want to be here either. Like one time I had to do that at the Viper Room, and a guy threw a full beer bottle at me. <laughs> yeah, he got kicked out. But I was like, this is not worth $50, right? And then I'm done. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, because they would know, because a lot of times bands cancel, they don't show up, stuff happens, they're on the road, a car breaks down, someone gets laryngitis, all kinds of reasons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can't perform, all kinds of reasons. They right. cancel. And refunding promoters don't refund unless they absolutely have to. Right. I mean, but there was also times when I got to bring up Jane's Addiction. Uh, you know, like awesome things. Yeah. I'm like, the band you paid for isn't going to show up. But here's Jane, you know, and people would love, ah! but like I did something. You know? Right. Then you were the hero. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, but that taught me to be a great host and to be real. And that's why when I do these shows and that's why these clubs ask me to host. They're like, because mm -hmm. you set the table and you make everyone else funnier. And I believe that. Yeah. But when I, you put me on regular spots, like I crush. It's, I make people yeah, fall off so the good. fucking chair. And I love doing yeah. that. And that's my thing. And ladies and gentlemen, anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you ever want to go to any of the comedy clubs, these ladies know this. You reach out to me on social media. I'm Moreno the Alien. It's yes. really easy to find me. Shoot me a line. <laughs> I'll make sure you and your homies get into any club for free. <clears throat> like that's yeah. the least I can do. And I do want to talk to you about Moreno the Alien. Sure. Because you have... A, an I, I won't call it an obsession, a hobby of tweeting Donald Trump about the aliens. Yo, I stopped because he mm -hmm. he's really way worse than I ever expected. <laughs> and I was like, I was Thank like, you. what if he actually does respond and people are like, what are you friends with him? <laughs> because this is the first time, like, I've tweeted presidents about aliens before. Right. But this is the first time where I'm like, oh, he might actually respond. Yeah. I've never thought that a president might respond to me. <laughs> and then I was like, what if he does respond? And I don't and know, Everyone I thinks you're even, connected to him. Yeah, I wouldn't even know because he's really bad. I, but yeah, that being is. said, um, he had to set up a hotline for people. There's that new hotline that he said <laughs> that they don't talk about for people to get aliens. How many alien times sighting. have you called? I've never called, but I've um, uh, I've never called, but I have uh, 
I've looked into the number. Like, I can find the number <laughs> really quickly if that's what you're getting at. Oh, my I gosh. Totally, totally I would say if he's if any president was going to release that information, it would be him. Well, I thought Obama was at the end, but this is – and someone who's kind of – he's a – I have – believe it or not, I have conspiracy theorist friends. Like who they make they I'm like surrounded by conspiracy sure, theorists. Well, so. I know two people who make all their living off conspiracy off a couple websites and Oh wow. Yeah, and they and they've gotten to the point where they try to stay anonymous because they're really paranoid kind of guys. And this is what he kind of explained to me, aliens mm-hmm. oh, how he believes it is. The president is nothing more than a temporary employee in the government. Right. So there are things that Obama didn't even become privy to till his second term. That he oh, said that okay. he says there are certain factions of the government where it's all black money, it's completely off the books, and they don't report to the president. It's it's been established that the president learns on a need to know basis and the president doesn't always need to know. So I'm working on the current theory that Donald Trump may not even know the extent Got of it. the aliens and and what I believe is, um, you know, there's, there's just too many things in this world. And I'm a man of science. But there are just too many things in this world that are unexplainable right. without, uh, without some type of cosmic interference, if you will. Right. Whether it be our evolution or the lack of evolution in other animals, the way our species has adapted and adjusted, the way our brains work, um, how how and what consciousness really is, mm-hmm. how and what gravity really is. Right. There are just too many things that science can't answer and people smarter than me have not been able to answer. Right. So I don't presume to know the answers, but I know that the answers are there and mm-hmm. they're more than likely the, the obvious things that we're told just aren't real. Just because that's it's easier to deny right. those things in our mind than to challenge right. you know, certain thoughts. That's so true. But I think about this kind of stuff a lot, as you guys can tell. Like, I really think about... That's why I have to be alone a lot, because I need time to think. It's right. very exhausting being me. I'm sure... I can only... Um, I think about that all the time, because I... So, th- this will drive you crazy, just because I know this drives comedians crazy. But people tell me all the time that I should do stand-up, because it's just, like, smart-ass shit that I say when we're out. Which I would never do because standing in front of a room and trying to make people laugh, I think, is the hardest job you could ever do. But where was my train of thought going? Oh, but what I was going to say is I sit in, uh, like, being a fan of comedy, I sit and I watch people do stand-up, and I am like, oh, my God, what goes through their minds? Well, that's a two-part thing because I believe any one person can could be a comedian you just have to be able to get through the failure because right there's a tremendous amount of failure to get anywhere in comedy mm-hmm. and you have to be willing to accept that and when i got into comedy i was on a 10-year plan i would not even i no matter what highs and lows came my way i wouldn't even evaluate my position till 10 years i won't hit seven till this thanksgiving wow okay i didn't so know that i was yeah, gonna ask you yeah, how long so you that's why i'm i'm okay with where i'm at mm-hmm um, sometimes money's good. Sometimes money is worse than I could have ever imagined. But I don't right. put any weight in that. You have to be able. So the failure. If you can get past that, you can. A lot of most people can take 
what's socially funny and make it funny on stage. You just got to write it down. You got to edit right. it. But the other thing, the market's really oversaturated in comedy right now because a lot of people, they feel like, oh, I could be a comedian. I can do this. Yeah. So, so what I tell young comedians and people who want to try, just start with what you know. Don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't start by telling saying things that you think other people will think. Say things that you think is funny. Right. And then try to figure out how to make it funny on a stage. And yeah. So, yeah, you totally could, but do you want to go through that failure at this no, point in your life? No, because my number you one know? fear in life is failure. Like, I oh. do everything in life to not fail. So, no, I don't want to go through that. Sure. And See, I would I rather sit in the audience and, w and laugh. Like, that. that's my role in the comedy world. Because <laughs> I laugh very easily. Yeah. And that's Emily saying she'd rather swim with sharks than do stand-up. Which is, if for people that don't know, Emily, like, won't go deeper than her ankles. Did you? Good job. Front your fears. Wow. That's what we want. I just... But, I, and that being said, going back to what you said, I, I don't um, discredit what you do. You're totally... Uh, this podcast is an example. You tried it out, and I'm sure if you went back to your first one, it wasn't nearly oh, what it is today. That's true. Just the way, you, and it's not that it, that was a failure, but it right. wasn't nearly as good as it was today. Right. No, that's true. I for me though, it's like I've always kind of taken the safe route. Sure. Which I know is something that I'm gonna have to push myself to overcome at some point, but I'm not gonna start that by standing up on stage to tell jokes. Well, there's a. Some of us run fast, other people jump high, some right. people tell jokes. That's what I mean. So, like, everyone in the comedy realm has their role, and my role is to sit my ass in a seat and laugh <laughs> at what other people are saying. And I'm fine with that, because I leave here with my cheeks so sore. Because last night, so a couple weeks ago, when I brought my friend to your show here, yeah, I left, and my face was sore the next day. I, I laughed so hard. I believe it. That... And to see the way your friend was that night and the fun that she had. Oh, my gosh. I got into comedy because I'm not musically inclined. And music to me, I, my, I still purchase songs because I like to own things. Mm -hmm. And my music collection and my knowledge of music is so vast. And I'm very proud of that. And, and I know that when you play a song, even if it's... If it's at a funeral, if it's at a, 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 a you know a morning, something you play a song, you can change the whole mood mm -hmm. of a room immediately. Yeah. The only thing that I ever experienced that was close to that were my words, mm -hmm. and that's why I got into comedy. The only difference is you hear a great song, you're like, dope, play it again. Right. You hear a great joke, you're like, awesome, tell me another. Yeah. I don't no, that's hear, so do true. Do not tell me that same <laughs> one again. I swear to God. <laughs> that's so. What true. else you got, kid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So true. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that's, and I learned, that's why, I, even when you guys see me do the same jokes, I try to reorganize them, because a lot of, I'm not a joke teller, I'm a storyteller. Right, exactly. So, so that's why I bring you into my world a lot of different ways, mm -hmm. and there's different, there's different paths that I can take to get you to the same point. Yeah, well, because, and I've seen you a lot of times, so, like, I've seen some repeat jokes, but uh. you always deliver them in a different way. Well, I try to. Yeah, no, I, and I, you do, like, I've never seen you walk up and do the same set ever well i never do just because when i came up in comedy and i'm an la guy i saw so many comedians and i get they just work on the same jokes and same jokes and same jokes and 
me, especially being me, because you guys didn't know me at the House of Blues. I had a monthly mm. night there. It would pack the deck. People, it would be on Friday from 7 to 10. It would be a three-hour show. Yeah. Sometimes there would be no air conditioner. So bohemian. People would just sit there. And, <laughs> Sweat. And no, one, yeah, no one would ever leave. And and I saw there some comedians that would just do the same jokes, but I had a lot of the same people come, and I'm like, right. I can't do that. Yeah. I had to figure out how to mix it up and how to keep it fresh. And that's why a lot of the people that – they will follow me and come back every week right. or every night, no matter, because it's, they know it's going to be different from me, but all my homies will be different, too. Right. How long do you think, let's say, if you're going to do, because what's the normal set? Well, it all depends. Like I'll in a show I'll like the one you're hosting tonight? I'll do how 10, 12 minutes up top and maybe okay. a little time in between. So to write those 10 to 12 minutes, how, like, how long does that take you to write it? Well, that <laughs> that's not... Uh, if you're just starting fresh. Or like how long would it take to write 10 to 12 minutes worth of jokes? Like a brand new? Okay, because 10 minutes to me, I look at that, that's probably three stories. Can you just do that just in case it's going to pick up? Like that's probably three stories. Okay. I th About three minutes of story is what I usually look at my stories mm -hmm. as being. Like there's just an arc to it. But I could also do, in 10 minutes, I could probably talk about Airbnb for six and a half and then close out with one other, two other mm -hmm. jokes. So it all depends. Like, because yeah. I Airbnb my place all the time and I have all kinds of stories. I, I, I'd have to say it depends. It depends on the 10 minutes. If it's a 10 minutes where I'm hosting, I'm, I'm going to account because I'm doing crowd work. I'm talking to people. I'm getting your mind right. I'm getting your mind focused on what's about to happen. Right. But if I'm just doing a straight 10 minute set, like for TV, I'd have to, it would take me a month or so because I'd have to edit all edit it just right so I didn't become close to swearing and it was always the same because on TV say you're doing a Tonight Show set they you have to write out your entire set and you cannot deviate Got from it. your set okay. so <laughs> to do like a ten minute and they don't do ten minute sets on TV anymore it's three four minutes mm -hmm. but say I was doing a fifteen minute Comedy Central one of the shorts but or they do two. Uh, 15 minutes, it would take me a month. Maybe. Really? Okay. But, but I'd constant working and editing yeah. and editing just so you got it just right. Wow. Probably. That's so wild to think about. And But you would, like you like you say, you saw Kevin Hart practicing his hour. Kevin Hart at the Ontario Improv two weeks ago, he did a, a seven, a nine, and 11 o'clock show. Six hours. Just working stuff yeah, out. Yeah, six hours worth of comedy all in one night, working his next special out. Wow, that's so wild. Yeah. That's fun, though, because you can, you can tell, too, like when people are coming up to work some stuff out. Like, you've had people on the shows that you host yeah. that come up with, like, a notepad, and they say, like, a, you know, sure. at the end or whatever. And it, it is cool to see that process, like, in the audience, because you see, like, in how they're, yeah, like, you see their, them really, like, in their element. It's so interesting it. how you guys look at comedy, because I look at it a little differently, comedy. It's just... I um. I also look at the performer. Sometimes right. it's not about the, the jokes will get there if you right. really care. But it's like, can you watch that person? Would you? When I look at people, this is how I judge myself, and this is my all, one of my short, long-term goals. I want people to be happy to pay to listen to me talk. Mm -hmm. Say it's a Friday night. You get up in your best, and you're going out with your man, and you know I'm gonna drop some knowledge and some jokes, and you're thrilled because you got dope seats to listen to me talk. Right. And that's my that's would you pay to listen to this person talk? And a lot of these people, 
and um, no offense to anyone, but not everyone is the performer. Some people are the writers. Some people are. That's so true. Some people are witty, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe they should stick to Twitter. And I'm not being mean, but some people are dope on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But you get them on stage, and it's like, what? Yeah. Like, I don't even know if you're speaking English. <laughs> no, that's true. And there's also people, though, that, like, go up on stage and are awesome storytellers, like, y- like you storytell. But other people get up there and do a ton of crowd work. Sure. And, like, and that can be hilarious, too, but it's so different. Yeah. I remember D'Elia one time did one of my shows at the improv, and for 15 minutes he didn't tell a joke. He just did crowd work. It was great. But it's like that's 15 to strong a crowd work. Yeah. But remember, he's a 15-year comic. Right. Like, I, I can only imagine the things I'll be talking about in 15 years. Hopefully, I'm the host of The Daily Show at that time. Yeah. Because when Trevor Noah's gone, there's, on, there's only going to be a handful of people who I feel are qualified intellectually and comedically. Mm-hmm. I just hope to be one of them. Yeah. You know? How long is he going to stay? Three, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine he loves that job. I just listen to him, and it's like, yeah, you're you're going through the motions, right? But you could tell John Stewart loved it. Yeah, that yeah, like that's you could true. irradiate it. Yeah, you know, and that's also what what brought people back because you could tell, even though a lot of my friends don't like John Stewart because he doesn't pay his writers very well, but uh. that's <laughs> that's some Annie Wilk unedited that's, yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's some shit that you wouldn't get anywhere else. <laughs> I think no, all of this. Awesome. I don't know how many other podcasts. You know, we 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 covered the gamut of subjects tonight. I think yeah, we did. We well. did. Yeah, no, this is good. I revealed a lot about myself. I normally don't talk about myself on. And here. I'm thrilled. And mom and dad, if you're listening they out there in listen. Nebraska, yeah. I'm. Um, I'll be stoked to see you again. And both your daughters, um, they're doing wonderful out here. And <laughs> you raised an awesome family. You should be very proud. Thank you. They'll appreciate you saying that. Little mom, sh- mom and dad, we did not write that down, and we did not pay for him to say that. This is all from his brain. Um, so thank you so much for oh, being wait, here. Oh, wait, I'll plug my oh, next show. My next yes. show at the Improv is next Tuesday, the 23rd at 8 p.m. Perfect. I, I, yeah, I don't know who's going to be on the show yet, but it's always me and my Brian Moreno and friends. Um, any of these L.A. people, come out to the Improv. Do you have a website? Yeah, Brian Moreno. Co- oh, my God. Did Last time I was on this show. Okay, and this is also why I changed my, my handles and stuff, because... Because of my management and whatnot, yeah. they're like, you're all over the place, like, your your presence, like, it takes time. So I got my website started, brianmarinocomedy.com, which does, surprisingly, well, I don't know where people come from, but I do talk a lot, so maybe that's where. Well, you have to tell us that stuff so we can share it. brianmarinocomedy.com and um, Moreno the Alien on all social media, and I got yes. my website done because last time I was here and Annie's like, you don't have a website? What are you, like... I Bruh, say that, but then, like, <laughs> I don't even have a website for the yeah. podcast. <laughs> Do you know? I actually Googled that because I was like, oh, she probably has a website because I was telling the booker here. I was like, oh. The I own the domain, but I haven't <laughs> created it yet. Go to Squarespace, and that's a plug for Squarespace. They're super awesome. Super okay. easy, super awesome. Okay, Squarespace. I will do that. Perfect. Well, thank you for being here. We have to go because Maybe you're Squarespace about- will sponsor you now. Uh, let's hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. I am. I am taking any and all sponsors, and... I I'm think I could maybe help you with that. I know some people who... Would want a quick shout-out? Well, no. I mean, they work in that business. They match people up with stuff. So, and it, this would be low, screaming lower level for oh, them, but yeah. they match, you know... Well, that's what she does for a living, too, so... Oh, you do? Also, Well, I know you manage them, but I didn't know you match products up with... Yeah, 
She does a lot of brand deals. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, the, um, the person I know, she does primarily film and television. She does some social media people, but uh, she does, like, tell like shows and stuff. They're like, oh, you can place something here. You can change, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will be, like, yeah. lowest totally. on the totem pole, but I'll let you guys no, work that shit out. No, but just for good for you. <laughs> like, I know. Thank you. Yes, I know um, some cross-promotional stuff, too, we should look at. Yeah. I can get into that. I, that's, again, this is not good podcasting. We should probably we wrap should. it up. Yeah, right? okay. <laughs> yeah, so, and you have to get on stage in four minutes. So, thank you so much for being here. Um, always fun. We'll do this again soon. And thank you. And no, thank all of your listeners. Yes. And thank you for listening. All right. Thanks, guys. I will talk to you next stage, I feel you listen to me. Listen to Real me. music in your ears was a mission to me. Uh, I'm not alone since I seen you all came along. Came along. In the hood that I'm in, shit, I'ma call it home. Yeah. Every day ain't promised, so live right now. Every day ain't promised, so live right now. I put a grand in your face, see what you like now. It's your old ass niggas that I despite now. See me standing alone, but got my brothers with me. You might have knew me a while, but shit, you never get me. Never get every me. session a blessing, it's not a game to me.